Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Today, we have a special guest. It is Dr. Raquel Elliott, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. Welcome to Level Up, Dr. Elliott. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I work as an executive financial consultant for a variety of companies. One company has a chain of facilities that work cares for persons with developmental disabilities. One company is a cultural arts theater, and another is a textbook and education program design publishing house, just to name a few. And I do all this out, out of my home in Florida. I am able to bring my experience in this field to the classroom teaching subjects like finance, international finance, and marketing for about four years now. Wow, that is amazing. As far as education, what is your background? Do you have a PhD or a DBA or a master's? I have a doctoral degree in business administration with a concentration in finance. It's a wonderful opportunity for me and I really enjoy and I'm passionate about you know business and finance I can see that a lot of your background is in there and it's it's so nice to work from home you know you're doing all of this in the in the comfort of your own home so that's kind of nice and exciting at the same time so thank you so much for being here today what do you like about teaching my favorite part of teaching is learning I learned so much from my students, their perception, perspective, opinion, interest, and ideas about the world. I enter each classroom attempting to begin a dialogue uh, about a topic and watch where the conversation leads. I tell my students that I read every word you write. You know, I remind them that what they have to say has value. And I'm hoping to encourage them, or the goal is to encourage them to share their thoughts and not to be afraid to share what they think and their perceptions about the things that they see or experience. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I do like the learning part as far as teaching too, because sometimes you read a new book or like you said, their experiences is so vast that we learn something from them. So we have that in common for sure. I love that. What if any, would you like your students to know about you that is relatable to their experience? Oh, (laughs) well, I was a student once from two perspectives. First, I started undergraduate college at age 
16 years old in another country far away from home. So that was a that's unique perspective. And the second perspective is I went back to graduate school 23 years later with a six-year-old child, a newborn baby, and a mother at the time suffering with Alzheimer's disease. So I, I believe I have a unique understanding. I can empathize. I understand the challenges students have from both being a freshman and a non-traditional student, what they say firsthand. You know, just how I made it through, they, they can do it too. True, true. I think sometimes our students forget that we were once a student too. And really, instructors should be more of a coach or a mentor trying to relate our experiences and our wisdom, whatever we have, to them and also extrapolate their experiences and their wisdom about the topic that we're discussing. So that is pretty awesome. Now, when you said you went to college far away from home, where is home for you? Well, I'm originally from the Bahamas. My parents, both my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago, but I was born and raised in the Bahamas. And I came over here to Florida to go to college. Wow, that is far from home for sure. I'm sure you had lonely nights. And and this is actually amazing. When you teach your international students, a lot of them usually get homesick, right? So this is definitely relatable where, you know, you could say, hey, I've been there. I know how that feels when you're missing home. And a lot of them also are single parent or even just new parents. And you went to school. That's that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that experience. Uh, What do you think other professors should do in order to keep students engaged in their classroom? Bring the world into your classroom. I find, especially now, students are eager to talk about what they are seeing, what they're hearing, and what they're experiencing today. Yes, the textbooks provide a foundation of theory, models, and prior research you know, which is absolutely important, but the uh, today's current events add context to learned con- concepts and terms can be applied. I find students are eager to help, eager to get involved. They want to see the connection between what they learn in the classroom and the real world events around them and perhaps how they can be a part of the solution. Mm, that is actually a really good like tip to see, you know, bring the world into your classroom. That is actually an, an amazing concept because sometimes we're so honed into just learning the theory and talk about the theory. And so having that experiences and bringing the world into your classroom, like current events, what is happening, especially if you're talking about finance, right? There's a lot of economic issues with and turmoil that affects us on a daily basis. So bringing that world into your classroom is kind of exciting. Um, if I was your student in your class, what makes you feel inspired? There's, there are many things that inspire me, including my my children. I 
it would be difficult to hone it down to one, but I would say my mother inspires me, you know, and she continues to, even though she's gone now. As a child, she and her family were homeless for a time in Trinidad and Tobago. Her father was a World War II veteran and amputee. And as a renowned athlete and performer, my mother was able to go to school, get an education, travel the world, uh, own more than one home, care for her children, and send me to college. Every day I remember her journey to success, you know, many <laughs> little tidbits of advice. Wow, that's it's actually pretty cool. Now, when you say renowned athlete and performer, what sports was that? Well, she was one of the first female athletes to win gold medal in the Carista, which is a Caribbean game uh, championship in the 100, 200 yard dashes, as well as a javelin, shot put, discus, and netball. Wow. So she was an all around athlete. And as a performer, she was a a dancer. She did um, the cultural dancing. And she opened for, you know, performers like Della Reese, um, Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. Um, in, you know, many venues around the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so that's how she... Uh, and then she, of course, became an executive uh, administrator, one of the first person of color in in that particular industry in the Bahamas to be an executive administrator of at a hotel, at a resort, at a casino. I can see why you're inspired. <laughs> I can see that for sure. <laughs> yeah. That that is uh, hard to follow, right? Yeah, yeah hard yes, to follow. Yes. <laughs> wow, that is actually pretty awesome. If I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do, and would you want to be known only by that project? I'm doing it now. For me, teaching is huge. It is. I have students, even alumni, who stay in touch with me and see me as sort of a jumping off point if they have any ideas or they have career questions or they need advice. At the collegiate level, is such an opportunity to also review students' research, what they do in class and what they discover, and it keeps me you know, abreast of what's going on in the world through their eyes. It also has given me an opportunity to do my own research and publications in the academic environment. So I've been able to publish, you know, papers on various business and finance subjects, network with many, many other faculty researchers as well. Wow, that's amazing. I I actually like that very much. Teaching is definitely something that I think we're all passionate because we're learning, but we're also giving back, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. If you could tell your students one thing that you would like to make sure that your job is easier in the classroom, what would it be? Oh, (laughs) right in your own words. So many times students do not take the time to read the information they research and share it in their own words. 
share their own thoughts on a topic. It is how critical and creative thinking skills are developed and how they can demonstrate those skills to me and be ready that, you know, sort of prepare themselves for communication, comprehensive assessment and analysis when they go on the job. It makes such a big difference practicing to really write in your own perspective what you have already read and researched. Yeah. Critical thinking, right? We need critical thinking. I know I always tell my students, I'm like, guys, in your job, when your boss asks you to do something, you can't answer them with, is that all of the above? Is that A or B? Or is it true or false? Like, we can't. We have to make sure we use critical thinking and analysis, right? Like you said, analyze what you're given, see what kind of tools you can use, and then provide that solution. And I think a lot of students also get stuck with just looking at the problem and not the solution. Correct. So comprehensive Mm -hmm. assessment definitely is a great tip for students. Now, COVID has been here almost what? It's already been two years, going on three. How did COVID change your teaching methodology, or did it change? I think it did. I think I was more focused on world events, more in the classroom to help students express themselves, their frustrations, concerns, and their fears. Some students, you know, weren't able to travel home or regularly communicate with family or friends during this time. And they needed the adult in the room, especially the younger ones, they needed the adult in the room to say, it's going to be okay. Or tell me how you're feeling or tell me what you're thinking. And so I, that's where I think my philosophy and my, or my methodology sort of saying, you know, we really need to focus on world events so that they have an opportunity to express themselves. And there I encourage students to use their assignments to discuss solutions to some of the issues they were seeing. And uh, I hope in some small way it eased their mind, but also demonstrated you know, to them how important scholarly research and education is in today's problem-solving efforts. I hope they, they, they gained understanding that long after many of the experts we are hearing from now are retired, <laughs> these issues will, will be now in their hands, so it's incumbent upon them to be ready because they're next in line. To, to make these decisions and to develop new ways of thinking and to come up with solutions. I like that, being ready, because you're right, they are next in line. One of our faculty summit that I talked about in thought leadership was who's going to be, you know, we had baby boomer, then, you know, we have Gen X, and then we have the millennials, uh, Gen Z, and then the millennials. So knowing that we're teaching them how to do critical thinking, how to find solutions and focus on the solutions rather than the problem. 
I never even thought about like, yeah, you are actually going to be next in line to make decisions for the rest of the world. You're going to be a solution oriented or you're going to be a problem focused person. So that is actually really good. Did you find yourself more lenient on assignments, deadlines, things like that because of COVID more so before COVID? I think I was not, I did not give them as much leeway because I wanted them to understand now is it's even more urgent for us to remain focused and persevere through whatever is going on because it's important. Now you can now see that what you're doing here today is even more important. And so it's it's sort sort of an exigent circumstance. It's even more focused and more driven than we ever were before. And so many of them responded well to that. And for them, that was, there was, you know, an an eye awakening, a, a moment of realization of how important their education was in the grand scheme of all things. True. Now, what is the most challenging for you in the classroom? It is difficult to keep the sessions to just one hour. Because <laughs> I'm, number one, I'm talkative. <laughs> so without a doubt, you know, that's challenging. But then also I want to hear what, from them. So uh, I do stay after the one hour for those, because I know many of have a schedule, they have to go to work, they have things to do. But I do stay for those who want to talk some more and, and continue the conversation. Uh, and then sometimes I tell them, put a pin, and then we'll extend the conversation to next week. You know, because the engagement is very profound. Quite, they see how important it is, and it's very, it's very interesting. The conversations can get become very helpful and, and in-depth. And so that's probably the biggest challenge in, in my classroom. All right. Well, I like that because at least they want to have a conversation and discussion of what's happening. So they must really love you and have that conversation. I like that, actually. How do you stay inspired? How do you inspire your students? Like, how do you keep them, you know, inspired in your classrooms or even outside of classrooms? Well, I think students will respond if they remember that you at one point was a student. So I remind them of my journey as a student. And then I also incrementally commend them on their progress. Every once in a while, people want to know, hey, you're doing well so far. You made it to week three. You made it to week five, etc." This is great, especially amid adversity. And I encourage them to view each concept, model, theory, etc as a useful tool that they can come back to later. They can use it in their career, in, in their own business. One activity I do is introduce to them a particular job in the workplace, right? We would watch a video like a day in the life of a CEO, a CFO, a, a marketing director, an investment banker, and it's important that 
they can visualize themselves in that role, in those positions. And they can say, hmm, you know, I could, I could see myself doing that. I think I can do, do that and do it well. So that they can kind of see, you know, okay, why, you know, sometimes they need a reminder of why am I doing this? And that is their reminder so that you can end up in that situation, you know, where you have the skill and the adeptness to do a particular job and have a specialization in that particular field. That's amazing. That's actually quite inspiring if, if you can show the students and then they can relate to it, you know, with certain things in, in that. I do that sometimes on just a discussion and we pick like a topic of, you know, who's your hero kind of thing. And right. um, we talk about characteristics. What do you like about it? And do you see yourself having that characteristic so they could relate to it? So that's Awesome. Thank you so much for that information. Now, how would you inspire and inform your colleagues? We all have some, you know, so many sources of inspiration, either family, a friend, a higher power, even ourselves. Overcoming a challenge can be an inspiration to continue and move forward, to persevere. One thing I can do or we can all do is inspire each other. Uh, reach out to a student or a colleague occasionally and just tell them, you know, hey, you know, you're valuable. You're, you're really doing wonderful things. Uh, express to them that what they said, that maybe you heard them say something or you saw that they wrote something or something that they did or accomplished, you know, was impressive to you. Uh, and they're wonderful. They're marvelous. Sometimes we need to help inspire others by reaching out to them and just telling them that and reminding them of their value. And I think that's something that we can do for each other. We can ask them if they're okay. We can ask them if they need help. You know, tell them that you are there for them. You know, and that also helps them to feel like, you know what, I'm not alone. And this new challenge that I have, I have friends and colleagues that are there with me in it. Um, lastly, remind them that they can, uh, they can and will make it through and follow up with them. It's great to just follow up and say, hey, you know, I heard that you were, you had an illness in the family. You know, is everything okay? Did it work out? You know, um, you know, and it, in a way, it'll make you feel good, but it'll make them feel great. And that's the key. Yeah, human connection, right? I know. I like it Correct. when people actually just, like, text me randomly, like, hey, how are you doing? You know, even my boss, I would love to have someone just say, hey, how are you doing? Rather than, like, the whole conversation is always you did something and you need to fix, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'd like to have a conversation like, <laughs> how are you doing? Are you still alive? Are you breathing? You know, uh, just random checks is actually really great, um, especially nowadays. There's a lot of mental health for other people that are struggling, death in the family, health issues. It's just nice to check in, you know, how you guys doing and things like that. So that was wonderful. Do you have any last minute, any additional thoughts that you would like our listeners at Level Up to know or give them tips as an inspiration? Oh, keep going, keep persevering, and stay connected. 
in times that we are living in right now, it's so important for us to remain connected with the people around us. Even people we haven't seen or heard from in a while, it's good to give them a call. And I think uh, in this situation with COVID-19, I think a lot of us did reach out to friends and family we had not heard from in a while, just to check in on them. And I think we need to continue doing that and, and not let it taper off and stay connected with each other. I like that. Yes. It's not more of like flavor of the year, right? It's going to continue. Correct. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at leveluppbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. Mm